The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Six straight by the Colorado Avalanche. They roll past the Edmonton Oilers 6-2 tonight in Denver. Thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. You can chime in at 780-496-0063. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. Rob Brown, after joining us from Vegas last night, will rejoin us at Rogers Place on Thursday against the San Jose Sharks. What could Rob possibly do with an extra day in Vegas? Well, I guess we'll find out when he gets back. All right, so this game actually started fairly well for the Edmonton Oilers. They uh, got the first goal of the game, 9.20 into the first period. Milan Lucic with a rare tally, breaking a 29-game drought. Hadn't scored since January 19th. The Oilers were up 1-0, and they hadn't allowed a shot. In fact, it took Colorado almost 11 minutes to get their first shot on goal. I think in the first period, the Oilers played well. The Avalanche didn't play well, and Edmonton had control of the game for the most part. They got another goal, and we're going to talk about a couple of soft goals given up by Miko Koskinen. Well, this was one given up by the Colorado goaltender, Semyon Varlamov. Nurse driving the puck down low, shoots from a bad angle. The puck was basically going straight across the the crease. Varlamov puts his arm out, goes off the inside of his arm and in, and all of a sudden the Oilers are up 2-0. The Avalanche ramped it up later in the period. Koskinen made a couple of good saves. Early in the second period, Koskinen made an incredible save, actually. The, the, The Avalanche were working the puck around on the power play. He was down and looked like he was out, but he did a snow angel and reaching back behind his head, he made the save with his glove. Maybe a little bit of luck involved there, but he put his body where it needed to be to make that stop. Uh, But then the Oilers took another penalty. They killed off that one, but then they took another penalty, and this was a weird one. Brad Malone stepping out of the penalty box. The puck comes right to him. And he touched the puck before he had established himself with both feet on the ice. That's a penalty. So he goes back to the box and the Oilers PK, which of course has been really bad all year, second worst in the NHL after killing off two in a row, can't make it three. Nathan McKinnon knifes in and the Avs are rolling from there. Then the really questionable goal a minute later, Tyson Berry, I mean, he's one on four. The Oilers do what they need to do. They force him to the outside. I I mean, to me, that's just a shot where a player is shooting for a rebound or a bounce or even for a whistle and it beats Koskinen to the blocker. Kerfoot then, another one. The Avs got three goals in under three minutes. That was a, they had a lot of pressure there. Nieto tipped it across the top of the crease. Kerfoot all alone to bang it in. And then another goal, which, you know, I don't want to say it was as soft as the first one, but I think it's debatable. Colin Wilson cutting into the slot, stopping, firing a backhand. That gets by Koskinen on the blocker side. And all of a sudden, it is 4-2 Avalanche, 12-04 into the second period. And in the third... But we'd probably be debating this more if the Oilers weren't in the plight they're in and the score in this game wasn't so lopsided. Kerfoot got his second of the game. It was originally waved off. And they originally said goaltender interference. The Avalanche challenged and then were awarded the goal. The puck was up against Koskinen's pad. It looked like he tried to get his glove on it and couldn't quite get it. Kerfoot hit the pad but they appeared to rule that the puck was across the line before Kerfoot pushed the pad back further into the goal. On the TV feed we had, I'm sure they had a better look at it because they have some cameras virtually right inside the net that they can look at. We didn't get to see that angle. Uh, So anyway, that one counted. And then another one, Andrew Ghetto, late in the game as uh, the Oilers get blown out 6-2 by the Colorado Avalanche. So, I I mean, look, first of all, the Oilers were mathematically eliminated yesterday. You'd really known for a few days that this wasn't going to happen playoff-wise. You know, this unfortunately happens with non-playoff teams last week of the season. They're not going to be overly engaged. Uh, when they had the lead and they were getting some forechecking and maybe having a little bit of fun, they, they looked okay. Once, Cal, once Colorado wrapped it up, the Oilers 
couldn't stay with them, and, and I'm sure the desire to stay with them wasn't nearly as high as you would like it to be uh, if the games were more meaningful. And as we've talked about a thousand times this season, the, the roster is not good enough. When other teams ramp it up, when they get playing quick, when they get play and with the forecheck, the Oilers can't get the puck out of their own end well enough. They don't have enough skill and speed offensively to generate enough of a forecheck to generate enough chances and we saw that again tonight especially in the second period and uh, like I mentioned the Oilers and I would not say this was a goaltending loss but they did have the second best goaltender on the ice by by the end of it and I, I don't even know if Varlamov looked that dialed in tonight he did let in a soft one himself but the Oilers lose 6-2 so their record for the season dropping to 34-37-9 and nine. They have two games to go at the moment. They have one less point than they had all of last season. All right, you can get me at 780-496-0063. Again, uh, we do not have uh, Rob Brown tonight, so I will not be able to answer any questions about what it was like to play with Mario Lemieux, but we'll drop the puck with Jody. Jody, how are you doing? Oh, well, (laughs) what do you expect? Um, You know, I I remember calling in a couple of years ago, Reed, and I said, you know, Maybe it was going to take it was going to take a little bit longer for Torelli to do the rebuild. You know, it was going to be solved in a year, but I never and you know what, fool me once, but I never thought that it would be worse than what it was when before Torelli came in, and it's just it's like everyone is given up. Like the, a lot of the fans, the players, I just really, you know, I, and my one question though tonight, though, Reed, is what exactly, because nobody's been able to give me a, a real answer, what exactly is Glenn Gullison and Trent Yanni, what exactly are their roles and what are they responsible for? What do they do? Well, they're the assistant coaches, and they all they all have responsibilities in every area. Yanni has taken on more responsibility with the PK, and Gullitson and, and Viviros have taken on more responsibility with the power play. Sometimes they might run a practice or certain drills at practice. I, I mean, it, it's pretty normal stuff. I, I know why you're asking me that, Jody. Um, and certainly with Hitch, I, I've questioned some of the things Hitch has done with some of the line juggling and, and uh, you know, some of the goalie decisions and, and all that. But I, I wouldn't identify coaching as the number one problem on this team. Like, no. I think the players just flat off as a whole aren't good enough. Aren't, aren't, aren't good enough. And, and I realize a game like this, like, was this their best effort? Well, obviously not. Like I said, when this gets out of hand, with nothing on the line, how engaged are you going to be when it's 3-2 or 4-2? No, absolutely. I understand that. But yeah. just, you know, it, Trent Yanni was this amazing coach. You know, like, you know, he helped develop Anaheim and all that. And then I know that with the talent's not there, but they just make keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And I know that, as I said, with the talent, but when... When is there ever going to be accountability? And I think that's the big thing that I'm vending about is, you know, they bring in these associate coaches and thought we give them a chance. And you say that the the PK is whatever it is, and it's, it's like one of the worst it's been in a long time. So yep. I, it's just, I think it's just a matter of a lot of um, – a lot of frustration from the fans, but well, they could have a whole new coaching staff, right? Because there's going to be a new GM. I I don't think Hitch is going to be the next coach. So I mean, there could be a whole new coaching staff. You know what? And I'm sure you've heard Bob and I talking about this. The best the PK looked was the last third of last season when Todd took it away from Johnson, and it it actually was not bad. The last 27 games last season, I think it was top five in the NHL during that run. But it's the worst penalty kill in the NHL collectively over the last two years. I think Chicago is is down there with the Oilers as well. So there you go. Yeah. Two teams that aren't going to be be in the playoffs have bad PK. Imagine that. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's just you know when is the bleeding like you know it's been. I remember calling into Dan Tenter and you know yourself and it's enough of the bleeding and you know people might think whoa you're really negative well 
Well, no, you're 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 pointing out the the obvious. They've been a bad franchise but, for a know, long for other, a long time. And someone mentioned it's like you know, and I mentioned yesterday on Twitter that you know, yeah, McDavid just kind of sub, suddenly called out management and ownership. But when are you getting some of the other players, like you know, some of your role guys, like your RNA, these other guys that say, hey, we don't want to be here anymore. And are they going to hold their breath and waiting for a new GM? Or is, you know, and hopefully Nicholson does the right thing and steps down. And that's it. I'm I'm done. So thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. And I said there has to be changes or there's going to be a lot more people like myself just walking away. Okay, see you, John. Or see you, Jody. You take care. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. That is Jody at 780-496-0063 as the Oilers get smoked 6-2 tonight by the Colorado Avalanche. If the Oilers ever get to six or even five, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer, steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park. In terms of the picture in the playoff race in the National Hockey League, this is obviously a very good night for the Avalanche. They get up to 88 points. Arizona is currently playing Los Angeles, so they're going to need to win to keep pace. Just making sure I have the latest score on that one. It is 1-1 after two periods, so the Kings, after getting blown out last night by Calgary, hanging in there tonight against Arizona in a game that obviously means 1,000 times more for the Coyotes. So Arizona in a pretty much a must-win situation there. Minnesota and Chicago have now been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, Minnesota won tonight. Doesn't matter. Uh, Chicago lost last night to Winnipeg. That now doesn't matter anymore. So it is now, and Dallas clinched. So it's now between Colorado and Arizona for the final playoff spot. Uh, the Oilers are going to miss probably by double digits. They're now 11 out. And uh, obviously they were eliminated yesterday. Okay. We're going to get, do we have any posts coming in yet, Patrick? Okay. We'll get to that after the 10 o'clock news. I am going to take a quick break for the 10 o'clock news. John, Terry, and Scott are next in the batting order on the phone line. You can let me know what you thought about tonight's game, uh, what you think of the goaltending situation, which I, I am quite nervous about. I mean, I didn't know much about Miko Koskinen when you started hearing his name last May. They signed him to the deal. He was... I mean, I, I, this is how I put it in the preseason, and I know it sounds mean. The first couple of starts in the preseason, he looked like he had never played goal before. Got a little better throughout the preseason. We didn't see him until the ninth game of the year, and he was actually okay. And then Hitch took over. He had a really good run, especially on home ice. Dropped off. Probably a few weeks ago, he was looking pretty good again, and, and now a lot of questionable goals going in. And a lot of nights where even if he doesn't let in soft goals, he's the second-best goalie on the ice. So, so that's concerning. It, it's, a, it's a big task for the new GM coming in to round out the roster, to, to build around the, the three really good forwards that they have. But, man, if it, I said this the other day, I mean, I'll have to double-check if his save percentage is updated. I mean, he's not even in the top 40 in the NHL and save percentage. So you need to score a lot of goals if that's the type of goaltending you get. More of your phone calls when we get back. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. Avs win at 6-2. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 10. Four goals in the second period. Colorado Avalanche roll past the Edmonton Oilers 6-2 tonight. The Oilers winless in their last 4-0-3-1 during that run. The Avalanche zeroing in on a playoff berth. They go 7-0-2 now in their last nine. Miko Rantanen, by the way, didn't play tonight. They had the injury to Landeskog to deal with earlier as well. So despite that, they are doing well. And uh, I guess we can say likely if they get there, Arizona is still hanging around a first-round series against the Calgary Flames. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Five after 10 here on 630 Chad Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. And I just the, the stats have been updated on NHL.com. Now amongst goaltenders who qualify, and the NHL puts the games 
played minimum at 21. So amongst goaltenders who have 21 or more appearances this season, Miko Koskinen of the Oilers is the 41st best goaltender in terms of save percentage at 9.05. That is updated after tonight's game. He lets in six tonight. The Oilers were not the better team by any means, but I think you could probably question two of the goals that Koskinen let in. So big. that's a big question mark for the Oilers going forward and obviously some other areas as well. 780-496-0063. We have Scott hanging on the line. Scott, nice to hear from you. How's it, how's it going? How's it going, my friend? Yeah, doing well. Thanks for calling. Good. Just a couple of comments. Uh, first, I've been a long-time season ticket holder with the Oilers for dating back to Gretzky's era. Okay. And and I'm pretty well done. I mean, I I haven't a hard time finding anybody that wants to split seats with me over the last two years. Uh, I don't think I'm going to renew this year. A lot of people I know aren't going to renew. There's only so much, uh, you know, disappointment and uh, and uh, hope people can take. So mm-hmm. I, I think the Oilers are going to get a a rude awakening when it comes time to send out uh, season's ticket renewals this year. I think they're going to get quite a surprise with what they, they get back from, from all the people I know. Um, and that's sad. That's that's really too bad. It's a winter city. It's a hockey city. I don't know what has gone wrong here for this last decade of darkness that's gone on for now 13 years, but I don't know if it's because uh, the owner meddles in the team or if the owner picks bad people to work for him. I don't know what the issue is, but I've heard things of that nature where there's, uh, you know, some top-down bad decisions made from ownership down. Um, Regardless, we are where we are. We have at least five franchise players on our team that, you know, any other team would be a dynasty. Who are your your five, Scott? I'm just curious. I think I can name three of them. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, uh, Nurse, and Clefbaum. Okay. You, t- you take those five guys and drop them on to pretty well any other team, such as Las Vegas uh, or anybody, Colorado, and they're going to be a dynasty. They're going to be taking the cup for the next three years. So, you know, we, there's a hardcore nucleus with the Oilers that are basically franchise players that are going to make and break a team. And how in the heck they can't get a supporting cast is, is, is unbelievable. You take those five guys and drop them into Calgary, What's going to happen down there? Well, Calgary might or, win the or, cup without those five guys. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you, man. Like, and, and that's been the that's been the theme this year is is the depth, right? And, and the reason I asked you the five guys because it's probably no Scott. We have some callers that don't like Darnell Nurse very much, so I wanted to see if you included him or not. But no, well, I mean, I think to, to, to me that guy's a franchise D player. Well, he got to 40 points today, which is still pretty good. Uh, you know, he skates very well, and he's he's got a very aggressive mindset, which. Sometimes you wish some other guys had that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I think you make some very good points, and um, you know, they, they got to hire the right people. They they got to let him do his job, and they got to they got to draft well, Scott. Like this team has not had a good draft like since the '80s, where you say like, wow, like that's that they got like five guys out of that one draft. No, maybe a couple of more recent ones will work out, but they have not evaluated talent well do, enough. Do they have a statistics department? Do they have statisticians? Do they have people that look at uh, players' numbers? I understand they don't. I understand they're one of the teams in the league that's lacking in that area. Uh, as far that? as I know, they have one, but it's not. they don't have as many people. Uh, under, they didn't have as many people under Shirelli. But every, every team has some sort of analytics. Right. And the other issue that I really worry about is uh, how long are those franchise players going to stay in Edmonton? What's their contract obligations? Uh, How frustrated are they going to be? When are they going to bolt? And, uh, you know, if they bolt, it's going to be bad. You know, there will be people at the castle with pitchforks. So uh, it's a sad day in Oilerville. Um, I just can't renew my tickets this year, and I, I hang out with a lot of guys that are saying the same thing, you know. Yeah, well, you're not the first person to tell me that, Scott. So I, I appreciate you sharing that with me, and I, I do appreciate you listening. I, I wish I could I, cheer I, you I, up, I, but I don't think I can. No, I just, I just wish somehow the owner will get a wake-up call that he screwed this thing over, you know, screwed it over. He's got the ice tricks, got the arena, got some top players, and, you know, the ownership, the owner has responsibility here. You know, there's ownership. There's lots of responsibility and lots of blame to go around, and he owns his team. He can make some direction 
or he can make some, you know, meddling and interference. And uh, I, I just don't know. Is he detached? Is he not uh, on planet Earth? Does he not pay attention to what's going on? Does he understand how uh, he's flushed this city and teamed down the toilet? I guess that's a question for him. Well, I would hope he understands. I mean, I, w- I would think for, for most people, you would just have to look at the standings the last 13 right, years, if, except yeah, for one if, year. If, if you don't live in Edmonton and you live at a you know a sprawling mansion in Palm Springs, how, how in tune is he with Edmonton? How in tune is he with the Oilers? Does he even know he owns them? I don't know. <laughs> All right, Scott. Thanks, Pat. Talk to you again, okay? Yeah, I'm depressed, buddy. I'm depressed. It's okay. Thanks for calling. That is Scott, 780-496-0063. Avalanche take down the Oilers 6-2 tonight. Lucic and Nurse had the goals for uh, Edmonton. Both McDavid and Dreisaitl held off the score sheet tonight. For the Avalanche, two goals for Kerfoot, a goal and an assist for Barry, two assists for Landeskog, and they had a bunch of players who uh, each tallied a point. All right, more of your phone calls in a second. We'll go back to Denver. Here's Ken Hitchcock. Uh, we played a great first period, and uh, we got away with the first penalty. They missed two empty nets, and uh, we got away with that and, and did a great job in the second one, and then you can't kill three penalties in a row like that, and we paid for it. And uh, we're looking at 2 nothing and 2 on one two best players on the team, and next thing you know, it's 3-2 for them, and they got all the momentum going, and... We didn't handle the uh, we didn't handle their pushback in the second period. Once they got their uh, their second goal, we didn't handle it very well, though. Did you think you started out pretty well in the third, and you might be? Able yeah, to we did it again. We we organized and got big push for for seven minutes in the third, and then fifth goal really hurt us. But we put we pushed back hard in the third and didn't score no chances. They scored on theirs. Just a human nature thing. I mean, it meant a lot more to them than it than it did to you. Uh, you know what? I, I I'd be careful how I say this. You know, like I think, quite frankly, there's a lot of people burn out from chasing, and you know, we're trying to nurture it along. We're trying to nurture. Like we're going to have to play Stoles now uh, because you know he's he's just going to. We're going to see if he can last the game, and uh, you know. I think Miko looks like the rest of our team. We just look burnt out from chasing it. And, uh, you know, so every mistake is magnified, and it just seems like when you keep trying to climb, 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 it looks like we're tired of the doing the climb. So we need to take a break. We've got two games left. We've got to play as well as we can at home and then go to Calgary and play as well as we can there. But we we look like a completely burnt team from trying to chase it. And, and I look at other teams that are in the same boat and the same thing's happening to them. It's just, it's not... It's not the uh, it's not the loss. It's it's the chase that wears you down, and that's what's happened. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, Stoles is okay to play, and we'll go from there. All right, that's Ken Hitchcock. Oilers lose six two to the Avalanche, and obviously there were a lot of questions. Why is Miko Koskinen even starting this game back to back? You're not going anywhere in the standings. Uh, and I know Bob referenced it on the pregame show. Mark Spector with Sportsnet tweeted it out during the game that he believes uh, Anthony Stoller's dealing with some kind of a knee issue, so unable to start. But maybe we'll see him in uh, one of the final two games of the season here coming up for the Edmonton Oilers. Colorado rolling tonight 6-2. We will go to John on the open line. Hey, John. Hey, Reed. Hello. Um, um, uh, Miko Koskin, he just looks, he's kind of like our version of like Garrett Sparks or something like that, right? I mean, uh, if we're going, you know, if we, he, he doesn't look tired to me, Hitch. He looks like what he is, a KHL goalie. But um, I want to say that, um, Reed, I think that Tyler Benson is kind of a, a real sleeper for us, and I agree with uh, Bob. I think he's going to come up. I think he's going to be a player like a Jake DeBrusque, and I think perhaps even better than Jake. Um, uh, that's what I think. And uh, um, Reed, I got a hypothetical situation for you here. Like, if the Oilers um, in the draft lottery comes up, so if we get like one or two, if we get Hughes or Kako, mm-hmm. um, or the option, or the the option to take either one of those two, um, uh, would could you see something like um, where the Oilers would? Like maybe move down in the draft a bit, and maybe try to move like uh, Koskinen's contract or uh, oh. or uh, Sakara's contract or something like that, and move down and still maybe get move down four or five spots and get a Bowen Byram or something like that. Uh, I don't know if they would do that, or if, could you could you see them take doing something like that, or would they just take uh, Kako and then maybe 
uh, make a move after the draft or something like that? Or I think they would take Hughes. Um, you know, Byram's an interesting one, obviously, because of his ability to be an offensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing. I Sekera's contract, maybe you might have to retain some money. I, I still think Sekera's a, a very good passer. He clearly doesn't move as well as he did before. And he never scored a lot. He doesn't have a great shot, but his passing ability is very good. I, I man, I, I don't know if anybody's taken Koskinen's contract. I mean, like I said, well, if he's the forty-first best goalie in the league, who's paying him four and a half per year? Even if you're well, sweeping the pot with something. If if you really want to, if if we could move down a few spots, or you know, who, I, I know there was just that, that was a tour. That was like. That was the last kick in the gut that Peter Shirelli could have given all Oilers fans. Was that stupid contract, right? But uh, anyway, I'm like the other caller. I'm just totally frustrated here. Just gonna have a beer and, and listen to oh, either of the show what on, kind? on my laptop. What kind of beer? Uh, what? Uh, well, I got Kokanee and uh, what's in the fridge? Coors Light, I think, and Kokanee. So. Have a Kokanee. Oh, I know Old Milwaukee. Sorry, it's Old Milwaukee. Sorry. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Thanks, okay, thanks. Thanks for Okay, bye. All right. 780-496-0063. He got me really interested there, Patrick. <laughs> I was wondering if he was good. He was calling from BC, wasn't he? I was wondering if he had some interesting West Coast craft beer. Nope. Guess not. Dirty old Milwaukee. Go <laughs> <laughs> the old Milwaukee. My buddy used to call that old mill dewey. I don't mind one every once in a while. 6-2, the Avalanche win. Uh, we got a full board of calls. We'll get you in. i got to call a quick timeout. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30, chair. Landeskog in the corner. Floated it in front. Comper. Backside. Here's a dish. Landeskog couldn't pull the trigger. What a save by Koskinen lunging to keep it out on Nathan McKinnon. He was completely splayed out. And when McKinnon didn't elevate the puck, that allowed Koskinen to stop it. That was a crazy save by Koskinen early in the second period, courtesy Jiffy Loop, jiffyloopservice.ca. However, Six did go by Koskinen, and the Oilers get drilled in Denver. The Avalanche taking this one 6-2 tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 10-20. Our next broadcast, by the way, going to be Thursday, 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7 against the San Jose Sharks. The Avalanche win this game, and uh, Chicago and Minnesota also eliminated from postseason contention. Arizona still hanging around. They got a win tonight against L.A., but they trail the Kings 2-1 with nine minutes left. I'll give you the full scoreboard in a couple of minutes. 780-496-0063. We have Terry on the line. Terry, you must be livid that that one guy thought Darnell Nurse was one of the five best players on the Oilers. (laughs) Very good, Reed. (laughs) Very good. Listen, you know, when I look at this season, this game, with what thought, I think we have to start with a little bit of morgue humor first. And then I've got some serious comments to make after that. Okay. Um, the more humor is, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who can take care of these contracts. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's bad, I know. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, uh, I, 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 I've been wearing an Oiler T-shirt and, and whatnot for as long as I can remember. I'm 70 years of age. I can remember meeting a fellow named Sean Price who was had an office next to Kevin Lowe in the Oilers department way back in the day. I met him in Cuba, and uh, we hit it off pretty good. He, he liked my T-shirt, and you know, I've, I've I've always just been I've been pulling for the Oilers forever and ever and ever. And uh, uh, I met a fellow at a store here a little while back. Like I say, I'm 70, and I met a guy who was a little older than me. And he saw my my sweater, and he says, "Are you still pulling for those guys?" And I says, "Yeah, I'm a real, you know, I'm a real." There, are you in Edmonton or where are you? I'm in Edmonton. Yes, I am. But don't yeah. you go to Arizona in the winter? Is that you? Yes, I have called you from Arizona a few yeah. times. Yeah, I feel yes. like I know you, Terry. Oh, <laughs> well, I know. I feel like I know you too from Antwistle or or out west. Evansburg, yes. Evansburg, there you go, sorry. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyways, uh, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, like this guy, he looked at my t- my sweater, you know, at a store, and I, I didn't know him from Adam, you know, and he was mentioning something to me. He says, you know, he says, uh, 
I, I used to know the old man, Mr. Cates, and he says he couldn't speak enough good words about him. And then when it came to talking about Daryl, all of a sudden he just kind of shut up. He didn't say very much at all. And I'm sitting there thinking, jeepers, you know, uh, does this guy even live in Edmonton? Does he give a darn? Does he care, you know? Uh, you, you, you really start to wonder after a while, you know? Well, I sure hope he cares. I mean... Well, it's a lot of money, you know, and I, I'm well, yeah, thinking, exactly. you know, back I wouldn't in the early 90s, I went through this. Yeah, I wouldn't You know, wanna... we almost lost two hockey teams in Alberta when we had Mr. Trudeau's uh, uh, oil plan, his economic plan that came down and literally crippled this province for, I don't know how long, probably a decade or more. And... Uh, we uh, I used to go to the Coliseum at that time, and my God, how many times I'd go in there, and the place was only half full. And they were talking about moving both Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames out because they were having the same problem down south. And what was happening was, you know, they uh, actually Molson's Brewery stepped in, and they had a promotion, you know, that if you buy a case of beer, we're going to donate a, a dollar to the Oilers. And down south, it was a dollar to the oh. Flames, you know. So I mean? that's how you got so interested in beer, Terry. I was wondering. <laughs> Well, uh, history is, is long further back than that, but nevertheless, yeah, uh, it, it, it's uh, it, it's sad. I mean, I hate like heck to see the fans in this town who are so fanatic, who are so passionate, uh, and and uh, you listen to the calls and people talking, and it's just nothing but bad news. All right, Terry, thank you, buddy. We'll see you soon. Okay. All right, pal. Take care now. That is Terry at seven eight zero four nine six. 0063. Happy to talk to you tonight. Uh, again, I will preface this by saying I don't know if I can make anybody feel better, but uh, you are welcome to call in 7804960063. We have Dick on line six. Yes, hello, Reed. How are you tonight? Good, good. Thanks for calling. Good. I'm calling on a couple of concerns. Uh, the goaltending. I, I think uh, Kostanek spends too much time on his knees. Uh, well, I, yeah, I just think and, he's not you stopping know, the you know, I've been nice. watching. I've been watching the orders for here. Pat Glenn said they used to date my sister. I'm I'm 80 years old now, a senior, but I had tickets for many years so with, with cool. the orders, the Gretzky years, and all the cups and so forth. Awesome. And uh, I just see. I think we got too many guys at the top at the mid in the administration situation. I think they need to find a good guy and let him do the right thing. And there's been a very bad judge of talent. Uh, being draft, not draft. We've been lucky in the draft, but yep. there's been uh, the selection of some of the players. Like I, I think uh, the kid from Calgary, uh, Matthew Kachuk. We should have picked him up. He's got fire in his belly, and he's showing what he could do in Calgary. And his dad was a hell of a good hockey player. Absolutely, but, Dick. Oh, I, do you have your radio up in the background? I can shut it down. You might just need to turn it down a little bit because I want to finish the play with you as well. Okay, oh, so I'm just okay. going to put you on hold for a second. We're already going to give Dick an eight-day parking pass to EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking. Best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety-eight per day with the promo code Chet. Patrick, what do you have for a clue? Nieto right corner. High slot Barry. Little spin move. Takes it to the net. Backhander kick save. Made by Miko Koskinen. Uh, you know what? I, we're just going to put Dick's name in the grand prize draw. Does that sound good, Dick? Oh, thank you. Okay. Thanks for calling, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, listen, you're, you guys do a tremendous job, you know. I'll tell you, Reed, uh, if it wasn't for you and Rob there, uh, the fans, uh, I think you give us a little hope that uh, with your comments and Rod's uh, skills and, and talent, uh, it really helps us fans, eh? Well, I appreciate that. That's you know, very nice to hear. 12 years, we've been hurt pretty bad here, you know. And... Uh, and I really feel for like like McConnor and, and uh, he's he's a winner, eh? And I just hope he's patient enough to stay here and and build and let the team go. Darnell Nurse, we've got some good young players. They're coming up, but it takes time to develop a, a very good defenseman. They don't happen overnight. You know, sometimes they got to play maybe three or four seasons before they start to show productivity. I, I think Nurse is coming along slowly, okay? Yeah, well, you got the 40 points tonight. Hey, Dick, thanks so much. And stay on the line, okay, because Patrick just needs some info from you to put your name in the draw, okay? Listen, nice talking to you. Right on.
Okay. That is Dick, 780-496-0063. His name is going into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting, Safe Adrenaline and Pumping Fun, Fast Track Karting Edmonton. Dot com. I guess we'll be making that drop pretty soon. Only two games left in the season. All right, we got to do the news and weather at 10.30. Uh, we got Joanne and uh, four other people on hold, so I, I will get to you after the 10.30 news and weather. The Avalanche win this one 6-2. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Okay, appreciate you tuning in tonight. The final score in Denver, Colorado 6, Edmonton 2. The Oilers now 34-37-9 and on the season with two games to go. So the most they could get to is 81 points. They currently have 77. They had 78 last year. So uh, they're going to finish in the same ballpark record-wise. Lucic and Nurse scoring for the Oilers. Nurse getting his first goal since January 19th. Edmonton actually led 2-0 after one. Colorado four in the second, two more in the third. One on kind of a a funky goalie interference play where the goal was initially waved off and then it counted. Like I said earlier, if this game mattered or that goal was of more significance, we'd probably be having another goalie interference debate, but uh, not too significant tonight towards the final outcome. Okay, Joanne on line four. Hi, Joanne. Hi, hi, Reid. Hello. Um, I was just looking on the internet earlier tonight, and I see that Koskinen, um, uh, Lucic, and Sekra have no movement clauses this year. Does that carry on for their whole contract? No. Uh, Koskinen, I don't think, has one on his new contract. Lucic does. And Secker actually has a partial no move. He can list, I believe, 15 teams that he would accept the trade to. Well, you, you were saying earlier that you didn't know that what you could say to make somebody feel better. Could you try? Is there hope for anything next year for us to... Like, no teams can win without goalies. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Look, if if, I I truly believe that if if Koskinen doesn't get a lot better or they don't get a really good backup that maybe means he doesn't have to play as much, then it it doesn't, it's not going to matter so much how they improve in other areas because. even though they have McDavid and Dreisaitl, I still believe goaltending is the most important position on the ice. And if you have too many questionable ones going in, that just deflates your team. It puts you behind in games. So, I mean, that's honestly how I feel about it. I, I'm sorry if that doesn't make you feel better, but that's honestly how I look at it. So does um, our backup goalie, does he have a, a contract for a period of time too? No, he's a free agent in the summer, so they'll probably look for a new backup either through a trade or through free agency. Okay, now the Oilers don't have any money, right? They won't have a lot. I mean, they, they have money, but they don't have, they can't go and spend four or five million dollars on one player. They're going to have room for a lot of smaller contracts. They need to spend that on a goalie, though. Well, maybe they'll bring what? Cam Talbot back. <laughs> Thanks, Reed. Okay. Have a good evening. See you, Joanne. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Checking the scoreboard here for Advantage Trailer Rentals. With daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Stars beat the Flyers 6-2 to wrap up a playoff spot. Canucks over the Sharks 4-2. The Kings beat the Coyotes 3-1. That is a really costly loss for Arizona. Uh, it does not mean... Just double-checking. It does not mean Colorado clinches, but they're one point away from clinching. Arizona could still tie them in points and potentially beat them in the tiebreaker of regulation and overtime wins, but that is a costly loss for the Coyotes. So Colorado really close to getting in now. Predators beat the Sabres 3-2. Bruins over the Blue Jackets 6-2. Hurricanes win 4-1 in Toronto. The Canadians knock off the Lightning 4-2. Red Wings down the Penguins 4-1. And the Wild ring up the Jets 5-1. Western Hockey League, the Calgary Hitmen win game 7 over Lethbridge. 4-2 is the final. Hitmen Oil Kings, Battle of Alberta. In the second round of the playoffs, it starts Saturday at Rogers Place. The Oil Kings have home ice advantage. 
The Bakersfield Condors, that is Edmonton's farm team, losing tonight 3-1 to Manitoba. The Blue Jays lost 2-1 to the Orioles. More of your phone calls in a second. Let's go back to Denver. Here's Sam Gagne. And keeps plugging here. Yeah, um, we had a good first period, and then uh, I think you know, take some penalties. Weren't able to kill them. Um, and then, um, you know, just, uh, you know, they, they got some momentum and we didn't push back enough. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, personally I know that, you know, there's areas where I, I can be better. And, and then I think, uh, you know, that's, you know, every guy in here has to do the same thing where they're, they're, they're looking inward and trying to do our best to, to, uh, to rectify this and, and make sure that, um, you know, we, we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging. Is this an urgency thing? Like, I mean, their, their playoff lives are in the line, so it's a human nature. They're going to be a little bit more desperate than you guys were. Yeah, um, you know, I think we talked beforehand. Um, you know, that's a, a good opportunity for us to come in here and uh, put a damper in their playoff hopes. And like I said, uh, we started well, and, and then from there it just uh, kind of got away on us. But um, got to find a way to stop the bleeding and, and make sure that uh, you grab the momentum back and play in their end a little more. And um, no, we we got to make sure next game we're better at that. I heard, I mean, are these games tough to, to play? I heard Drew Doughty talking about, like, I'd like to play all four in a row and just, just get the thing over with. Is it tough to, to go out there and knowing that it's done? Well, I, you know, I mean, I think it uh, depends on the situation you're in. I mean, you know, personally, uh, you know, I think there's – you know, always opportunity and in, in playing in this league, and there's always a chance to, to prove something. And uh, you know, for our, for our group, um, there's a lot of guys in that boat, and um, you know, I think that has to be our mindset. And um, you know, we, we we got a group in here that really cares about each other, um, and uh, you know, we got to find way to to make sure that we're playing hard for each other and doing the best we can to, to make sure that we're doing the right things. All right, uh, Sam Gagne, Oilers lose 6-2 in Colorado. We have Gary on line five. Gary, you're on with Reed. Reed, what's your, it's been a while since I called. I asked that Rob's in Las Vegas. Hope he's having a good time. We'll see him uh, get back with you on uh, Thursday night, eh? uh, when the uh, final day's here. Uh, you guys have the dynamic duo on the radio airways here. I want to compliment you both, uh, gentlemen, for doing a fine job. Thank you. Uh, well, I want these dead horse, uh, as, as most other fans have been hearing through the media and through the radio stations, and uh, um, that'll be a negative alley, but uh, this team is lost. I want to start with Koskinen first. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, I've been following the Oil Kings and the Mason Hat uh, Tigers game, and uh, I feel more confident having uh, Matt's uh, uh, Soulgarden on net instead of Koskinen. Um, it's a bad signing, man. I mean, four and a half million for three years. Uh, I don't know. Like, guy's 30 years old. He's got a lot of efficiencies in his game, the way he plays. Uh, I know he's in the KHL. They play a little bit different there. Yep. But uh, I just don't feel comfortable with this guy. It's just the way he plays. Eh? Uh, whoever the, uh, well, Dustin Schwartz, hopefully he'll still be the goaltending coach. But if he's not, but this guy needs a lot of work, man. I just I just don't have no faith in this guy whatsoever. As well, yeah, players. I mean, athletes don't tend to, show massive improvements once they get in their 30s you know what i mean like they, they can always get better and work on stuff but it's not often you see a big jump in an athlete's quality when he gets to that point of his life and career so yeah i i'm i'm worried too i hear you gary and you know i mean he hasn't played a full season in nhl i mean uh the best league in the league and best league in the world i mean the khl doesn't compare really um so i don't know this <laughs> Uh, whoever the new general manager is, uh, uh, man, he's got a lot of work to do. I mean, uh, finding another backup goaltender as well. Um, obviously, store, uh, Anthony um, uh, Solis is not going to be coming back. Right? They're, they're not going to sign him. He's being a free agent, right? So Yeah, most likely. Find a goaltender for under $3 million. I mean, uh, I don't know. There's <laughs> not going to be a lot of free agents out there in the goaltending market. So. Yeah, I'm, I hear um, you, Gary. I got to run, buddy, I'm, okay? At least says we have the Oil Kings at least, you know. So uh, that's the Battle of Alberta I'm looking forward to. Yeah, so, they're having a good year. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you, Reed. All right. See you, Gary. Quick timeout. Then we'll get to Cam and Gerald. Oilers lose 6-2 to the Avs. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. 6-2, Oilers lose to the Avs. Oil Kings will play Calgary in the second round Saturday at 7 at Rogers Place, oilkings.ca to get the full schedule for the series. And ticketing info, our face-off trivia question, which WHL team did Connor McDonald play for before joining the Oil Kings? We had Connor and Wyatt McLeod in studio on the face-off show. It was Kamloops. Jason knew that. He goes into the grand prize draw. For a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card, courtesy Alpine Credits, homeowners get approved, alpinecredits.ca. And uh, I'll be talking plenty about the Oil Kings and the WHL playoffs on uh, my show Inside Sports, 6 to 8 on non-game nights here on 630 Chet. Okay, Cam on the line. Cam, go ahead, buddy. Just was wondering, um, talk to you about the GM and the coach. Remember when we got shred, everybody said that, oh, we finally got a good GM. Is that correct? I feel like a few years ago when they first hired him. Well, there was the hope he was going to do good. I mean, he'd had some success in Boston, and yeah. you know, he did. He did. To, to be fair, and I, I know he's despised. He did bring in some players that helped the Oilers make the playoffs two years ago. Uh, but then a lot of guys couldn't sustain those years, and then he made. You know, the last two years weren't very good. Okay, and then also same with the coach. Oh, we finally got a good coach to become a Cullinan, and then and then at the beginning it was all good. Then two years they didn't last. So I'm just saying to you, what do you think now the GM that they can do and the coach, if we don't make the playoffs in three years, they'll probably be fired again. Correct? You think it has been happening how long now? Well, yeah, sure. If, uh, I mean, we're looking way down the road. Yeah, if they're I mean, bad for another three years, I'm sure they would change more it, people. Yeah. If you don't make the playoffs, it's going to happen again. So, so I, I asked you now, now, what do you think that, that whoever they're going to get is going to make a big difference? At the beginning, correct. But later on, if they're going to make a first, it's going to happen again. So my question to you is, who do you think is going to be the right person, a coach and GM, that can come here and to do the job that hope in three years that they could sustain that and keep going? Well, Cam, I don't know exactly who it's going to be. There's there's a lot of speculation about Kelly McCrimmon and a lot of compliments for his work, A, with the Brandon Wheat Kings, and B, how he helped put together the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he, he wants to be a GM. Could it be here? Could it be in Seattle? Could Vegas try to retain him? I think those are all possibilities. But, uh, you know, I think the Oilers have drafted better the last three or four years. We'll see how many guys pan out. I wouldn't say they have a great prospect base, but I would say it's good and better than it has been in the past. But but I still think most of the players are more likely to be depth players moving forward when they do make the NHL, the ones that do. Uh, and obviously the pro scouting and the pro talent, talent evalu- evaluation has been downright poor over the last couple of years. So the new GM is going to have to have a combination of both. That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. We will go with Gerald on the line. Hello, Gerald. Hi. Thanks for taking my uh, call. I've been and my family have been a fan, season ticket holder since 1974. And uh, we gave them up this year. I've talked to uh, Nichols, and uh, the club hasn't really, management hasn't really helped this club very long. What I would say to all the fans and all your listeners, don't give up on this team. You know, we went through a, pan, uh, a period trying to keep this club in Edmonton. We scratched, and Kel Nichols and that came along, and Ed Bean and that, thank goodness, and um, without those people, we wouldn't probably have a hockey team. Yes, we do have a Nicholas of uh, some really good players. We've got about six or seven good players to go forward with. But I would look forward as a fan. It will get better. Management has to, just has to change their ways. They they can't think the way they've been thinking. I think they're over overestimating or whatever. I've been to a few of the, the junior camps and... There's not really anybody there I saw besides uh, Nurse and Dysol that really could make this hockey club over the years here. So we have to stick with it. I remember going outside and chasing the, the cops away, putting tickets on the goddamn cars that were parked illegally. 
we needed those people inside the rink for our, our fans. And we were about five or 6,000. But you know what? It was a world hockey uh, came. And then I had a meeting with Glenn Hall, uh, a great goalie, as uh, my friend, and at the Oilers Hockey Week, the world hockey game. And Glenn said to me, Gerald, he said, you know, this would support an NHL hockey club. And I agreed to him, yes, it would, because we got about five to 7,000 fans here. Three more would make us 10. I think we can. And then came a long course that we were in, and the great Gretzky came. I was there the night he stepped on the ice, and Messier had all those great hockey players. In fact, uh, Messier's seats were beside me, and Moe's were beside me. It was fun, fans. It was really fun. Those t- those days are going to come back again. We've got a, a couple excellent hockey players out there now. I know our goalie is a little sleepy, and maybe somebody should cut his feet off so he's not quite so tall. But um, I kind of think if anything's wrong with their goaltender, I would have a little talk with that goalie coach. They got these boys laying on the ice too much. But anyways, I would just like to say uh, to your radios and your fans, let's stay with this club. It, a fix is not going to happen overnight. Don't badmouth uh, the players. They're working hard. If their ability is not there, you can't blame them for that. At least they're trying. But we do have some ability on our team. We will get better drafts this year probably. And probably in a couple of years, we'll be back in the playoffs again. So my uh, suggestion to everybody in the Oiler fan, be Oiler hockey fans, you guys. And don't bury your heads in the sand. And let's go down and beat the crap out of Calgary. Okay? <laughs> See you, Gerald. Okay, bye. Appreciate that from Gerald at 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 6-2 to the Avs. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Well, the Oilers get the lead. It does not last after being up 2-0. They are bombed 6-2 by the Colorado Avalanche. So just two games left in the season for the Edmonton Oilers. Final home game on Thursday. They play the San Jose Sharks. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. And the game will start at 7. The Avalanche winning this one. They are really close to clinching a playoff spot. They have 88 points in 80 games. Arizona that's a devastating loss tonight. 3-1 to the last place Los Angeles Kings. Arizona four points back, also with two games to go. Now, if Arizona wins out in regulation and Colorado loses out in regulation, Arizona would get in. Uh, but Arizona plays Vegas next. Colorado plays Winnipeg. And the Avalanche have uh, really put it together here. They are 7-0-2 in their last nine games. You can get more on 630Ched.com. Really appreciate everybody who called in and texted tonight. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer, and Rob Brown will be back on Thursday night. Look forward to uh, having him back. I'm sure he'll have some tales from his stay in Vegas. Well, I hope he does anyway. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night.